0: Welcome to another C3 Church Rockingham podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au. This week I want to look at the fact that love is proactive. And... Uh, quick recap which i don't normally do you know we looked at 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 3 and in those first 3 verses we discovered that both the preacher and the prayer warrior are hollow without love we discovered that we discovered that the prophet and evangelist are nothing without love we discovered that the philanthropist and the martyr are nothing without love which are really shocking realities don't you think We also discovered that the word love there is this word agape, best translated charity, which means no preference, no performance. Which is interesting. No preference, no performance. I'm just going to love you regardless. It's the kind of love that God says we should have. With that in mind, we start at verse four. Are you ready? Ready to read Scripture? Love is large and incredibly patient. Love is gentle and consistently kind to all. It refuses to be jealous when blessing comes to someone else. Love does not brag about one's achievements nor inflate its own importance. Love does not traffic in shame or disrespect nor selfishly seek its own honour. Love is not easily irritated or quick to take offence. I'm so glad that this principle does not apply when I'm in the traffic. Can just forget it, not, love joyfully celebrates honesty and finds no delight in what is wrong, love is a safe place of shelter for it never stops believing the best for others, love never takes failure as defeat for it never gives up, love never stops loving, It extends beyond the gift of prophecy, which will eventually fade away. It is more enduring than tongues, which will one day fall silent. Love remains long after words of knowledge are forgotten. Our present knowledge and our prophecies are but partial. But when love's perfection arrives, the partial will fade away. When I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child and reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured and I set aside my childish ways. Wow. When it comes to relationships, don't be fooled. You can be very spiritual and at the same time fail at building successful relationships. Wow, I went really quiet. The reason that is, is because relationships don't require you to be as spiritual as some people want you to think relationships require soul prosperity 1st mm. Corinthians I'll take it slowly okay cuz I know it's a bit hard verse 45 it is written the first man adam became a living soul. The last Adam became a life giving spirit. If you look at the human roots, our human roots, Adam, when God breathed into Adam, he didn't become a living spirit. He became a living soul. When you look at the last Adam, Jesus, he was the one that became the life giving spirit. Are you with me so far? If you're, uh, so the Greek, ooh, ah, dropped the axe. Uh, The Greek word used here for soul in this verse is psuche, or as we say in English, psyche, or what I'm gonna call from this moment on, your scripting. Are you with me? If your soul operates out of your fallen scripting, instead of the prosperous scripting that God intended for you, you can get born again, speaking tongues, move in the power of God, and fail in relationships because of the negative default settings from your soul produced from yourself your, your own belief system. I can hear people screaming out and crying out inside. But but Claude, doesn't the Bible say that when I get born again, behold, all things become new, old things have passed away? And I would say, yes, spiritually speaking. But no, emotionally speaking. Actually, that only happens when you rewrite the script of your soul. The key to success in relationships is actually looking at your thoughts. Sometimes faith can be fake. If we fail to face the facts I love the fact that faith gives me the ability to face the facts and look at my own thoughts in 3 John verse 2 it says beloved i pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers can i suggest to you today that The Apostle John here was praying from this motive. He's saying, you know, I pray above everything else that you prosper and be in health at the degree and level that your soul prospers. In in the room today, I guess some of you are kind of asking the question, what on earth is he doing with an axe on stage? I don't know what feelings are invoked upon you when you see me. Kind of walking across the stage with this axe, but actually, this is from my dad's home. A few weeks ago, I went around there to visit, and at the front door, <laughs> as I walked up, I'm walking up to open the front door, and I look, and there's, there's this axe. And immediately, because the wood's there, and that's where he chops the wood not far from the door, and I, I guess he would just put it there. And as I walked up, I immediately became anxious and fearful. Because, <laughs> look, and uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to say it took ten seconds, but it probably took less than five seconds for the anxious, fearful moment to go. As I paused, I went, Ooh, "That's a strange feeling." Then I went, "Oh, that's what that is," and did some behavioural, rational thinking therapy on myself, and then bumped on. I'm going to come back to that story in a moment because it's very important. A number of years ago, I did some. Rational Behavioural Therapy, which helps so much in rewriting the scripting on my soul, which changed everything about relationships. I was about to go to a new level of relationships and wasn't quite up to where they were at and needed to get there as quickly as I could and it changed everything. As a result of that there, I want to just kind of look at something today that will be helpful. In Ecclesiastes chapter 10, it says this, using a dull axe requires great strength. So sharpen the blade. Turn to your neighbour and say, sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. In Proverbs 27 and verse 17, concerning relationships, this is what it says, as iron sharpens iron so a friend sharpens a friend now it's really powerful i i i just oh, i love studying beyond just the surface of the scripture and going into what is really beneath it and when you look at this verse you see the word friend shows up twice in that last part of the verse but it's two different words in the original text it's not the same word. And so in our English understanding, we read it and go, "I, I just, what I need is just friends to get around me and I'll get sharpened. No, it's not actually saying that. The, the original word, the first word in this, in this verse, actually the word friend is ish. Everybody say ish. Africans should find that pretty. No, it's too awkward. Just stay there. Uh, LAUGHTER Some people, yeah, anyway, uh, it's it's so interesting to know that the word friend is this word ish, which literally means man in contrast to woman or female. It means husband. It means father, human being, person in, in contrast to God. It means servant. It means mankind. It means champion. It means great man. So a friend, so a champion, a great man, sharpens a friend. Second word is this word "rea" or raya. And it simply means friend or f- another person. You saying, Claudia, are you about to be in some chauvinistic angle on the Scriptures <laughs> that, that women can't sharpen other people? What the Scripture is saying is that and I kind of understand this a little bit more, and so would you. When it comes to sharpening the blade on this axe, you can't just use any metal. You've got to find a metal that is higher quality than this to put an edge on it. You've got to find a stone that has a higher density and is able to put an edge on this thing. It can't just be any old material. And what the Bible says concerning the axe, let's from Scripture understand that the axe is the gift. You know, when it comes to the anointing, uh, the axe is not the anointing, the axe is the gift. Sharpening the axe releases the anointing and the the sharpening process is called wisdom, are you with me? And so when it comes to relationships, today for the sake of uh, the example, I want you to understand that your gift is the relationship. The friend, the acquaintance, the lover, the, the child that you have. But the sharpening of the edge is actually what you do in your relational wisdom to increase your ability, your soul prosperity, so that, see, the scripture says if you don't sharpen the axe, it's going to require more effort. And, you know, I hear people say all the time that, you know, great relationships require work and it's just hard work. And I understand what you're saying, but you know what? I kind of go this. No, nah, I've discovered that that. actually great relationships are really enjoyable and don't require a lot of work. They just require that at the end of the day, you just take a little bit of a stone and you apply it to the edge and you just look after it. It's not a lot of work actually. It just takes some time. It just takes parking for a moment. I feel like the day's over, I'll just put it aside. No, I'll just take a little bit of time in conversation. I'll just take a little bit of time in encouragement. I'll just take a little bit of time in appreciation. It's actually not a lot of work. I get this, times when you've got to work at it, but seriously, I want to suggest to you, if you've got to keep working hard at it, it could become a little bit laborious. The axe is the gift. The sharpening is a great human. The edge, the edge that you put on that axe The edge that you put on your relationship is a grace. It is an anointing. It is a power that flows. Phew. That took a lot to get out because that clock is just going down really fast. So getting back to my little encounter at the front door of my dad's house with this object that really should not invoke fear or anxiousness to me, why did it? Here it is when you understand your emotions, what they say is the ABC of your emotions. There was an activating event one day in my life. I was about seven years old. Dad was going off to the football. It was winter. The fire hadn't been started at the homestead and Dad said to me, Claude, don't chop the wood while I'm away. You will hurt yourself. Obviously, Claude did not listen and went down and chopped the wood. If you get close to me and look on, I think it's the side of my chin, you'll see there's a scar there that required seven stitches that afternoon <laughs> because I chopped the wood. Now, my parents had told me for many years, even though I was only seven, uh, up until that point that don't use the axe, you'll cut yourself, you'll hurt yourself, you'll chop yourself, all those kinds of things. I don't know. It was something about the parenting of those days. They, they just thought as much fear so we can put in as possible and that'll keep them away from the thing, not knowing that with my kind of personality it's going to go, I'm going to go use the axe. <laughs> the strange thing is it wasn't the blade that cut me. It was the back of the handle of the axe that was broken, that just flicked up and sliced me on the way through. So when, it's funny, here I am, like 43 years later, walking up to a door and this thing, which is nothing, causes anxious, fearful moment. That, honestly, I think it was done in three minutes, but I just recognised that feeling on the inside of my body. It was an activating event. And what it did was reveal my beliefs, my thoughts, my perceptions, you see, because your feelings come from your thoughts. And if you can change the thought, you change the feeling. But my belief system had been set from my parenting. Don't touch the axe, Claude, you'll cut yourself. My experience, at seven years old, I touched the axe, I used it, cut myself. And then my knowledge, since then I know that there are some friends and some family members that have lost parts of their body from using an axe incorrectly. (laughs) All those things combined together cause me to go, axe, hurtful, painful, get away from it. Which was the consequence, the feelings and the actions. Today I launched by saying love is proactive. And what I mean by that is that in relationships, The most front footed, proactive thing that we can do is develop our own soul prosperity and rewrite the scripting where it needs to be rewritten so that we can function in relationships as buoyant, front footed, happy, joyful people. And that takes a little bit of work on yourself. See, this is a stimulus that came into my world at the front door and there was a reaction on the other side. But there wasn't an immediate reaction because I pressed the pause button in the middle. Can I say to you, there's often things that happen, they come into your life as a stimulus, someone does something, it stimulates, belief systems cause this response that can get out of hand unless you know how to push the pause button and go, hang on, let's get this into a place of actual rational behaviour. Don't use the axe, you'll cut yourself, Claude. Use the axe and you will cut yourself. Experience. Friends have cut themselves and lost fingers. Knowledge. But was it reality? No, this is what I understand about the axe today. Are you ready? I was cut by the handle, the wood, not the blade, because it was broken. An axe is for chopping wood. Duh. Not fingers. You can use an axe and never cut yourself. Do you know I've never cut myself with an axe since seven years old. There was a time when, when using the axe, I used to stand like this. <laughs> Hit out there. As you go through the process. So, Claude, what on earth does this have to do with relationships? Some of us stand so far away from relationship. Because we've been cut by them in the past. We've been shot by them in the past. We've been hurt. I will never, because this is what, no. Rewrite the scripting of your soul into a place where you understand that there is great fulfilling relationship for you if you'll get the soul in the right zone. So to land, I thought I'd talk to you about some relational sharpness or wisdom for life. Are you ready for it? Are you ready? Take a big breath in while we do this awkward moment. Take a big breath in and then another one out. Relational sharpness. Are you ready? It's, It's important that you recognise when a stimulus comes into your life, any event, any occurrence, any environment you walk into, Any relational stimulus that comes in, if that produces a feeling that's negative on the inside, you really need to get to the root of the thought that produced that feeling. Let me say this to you you are not your thoughts, you are not your feelings, you're not even your actions. And I can say that emphatically, not just from teaching and training, but from understanding. Anxious, fearful, feeling. Withdrawing, negative thought. Stand outside myself, reconnect the dots, no longer anxious, no longer fearful, no longer withdrawing. I changed my thoughts. Which changed my feelings, which changed my actions, which means I'm none of those things. I'm a whole lot more than my thoughts, my feelings and my actions. Make sense? Relational sharpness, some things you might want to understand. Number one, when people rub you the wrong way, God is trying to sharpen you. No, no, seriously, when people start rubbing you the wrong way, God is trying to sharpen you. The only way you're gonna get an edge on this blade is through friction and heat. The Scripture says as a friend, as a strong champion, higher intensity person rubs against another person When people rub you the wrong way, you see, if you haven't got a prosperous soul, you can think the solution is they aren't right for me because they just rub me up the wrong way. I would say that people are not the problem, they're actually part of the solution, especially strong people that disagree with your point of view. I can remember another minute of years ago, almost 20 now, I went to into a work situation where the boss just rubbed me the wrong way. Prior to that, he wasn't my boss. He was a parishioner. But his point of view was so completely different to mine. Within a few weeks of coming into his employment, I went, dude, hard work. I'm going to look for another job but you know what, God was sending that individual into my life as a gift to sharpen me, to put an edge on my life and I found the longer I've stayed in relationship with that individual through different journeys of life, wisdom has come upon me. Can I say to you that when a person rubs you up the wrong way, it could be that God is trying to sharpen you, don't remove yourself from... The process, because you know what? The Bible says that a dull axe, which is probably the back end of the axe right now, just for example's sake, a dull axe requires more effort and strength. You know what the sound of a dull axe is like? You know what the sound of a sharp axe is like? You ready? Forgive me, maintenance people. I'll try and... So, what's the point? There's not much difference to the sound. There's a lot of difference to the effectiveness. And some of us in relationships, we're just continuing with this dull gift instead of sharpening it so that we can be more effective. Hello, somebody. In fact, mostly when using one of these things, most of the injuries take place with a dull axe, not a sharp one. Same in a relationship. Number two sharpening does produce friction and heat. Without it, you become relationally dull. I see people say, I like warm relationships. I'm kind of not into warm relationships. I want some relationships with some heat in them. Hello, somebody. I want some relationships with some fire in them. Actually, vital relationships always produce heat. If there is no heat, you lose your edge. Such a good news message, don't you think? I can just see you're so encouraged and built up. (laughs) Number three, God uses people who are stronger than you to sharpen you. Social friends don't sharpen you. When you find someone that always holds an opposing point of view to you, my guess is they are God's gift sent to sharpen you. And you could have even married them. (laughs) 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 <laughs> you could have even married them, but they didn't show up until six years into the marriage. <laughs> it's like, who are you? I mean, Carolyn's been married to the same guy for 31 years at the end of this month, and, and actually she's experienced at least nine different men. I think if you can see that relationship is a gift, be it romantic relationships, family relationships, professional relationships, church relationships, you begin to understand the dynamic. That it's actually in the friction, it's actually in the rubbing together. And sometimes we want fast in a relationship, and fast just means more friction, more heat. You know, I can sharpen that blade with a stone and some water and it'll take a while or I could use a power tool and it'll be quicker but man there'll be sparks flying everywhere. Go ahead if you like and do fast relationships but don't be surprised by the sparks that start flying. Number four, the more you withdraw from challenging relationships, the quicker you lose your relational edge. Actually, the greater the challenge, the greater relationships. Can I pray for you? Right, we are. Father, I want to thank you right now that as we come into a brand new week, a brand new day, as we clear the ledger, and balance the books with our relationships, God, you said we should not hold accounts, we should forgive quickly, release easily start afresh God I'm praying that you would allow us to grab a hold of your word in this area of relationships and begin to apply it in a way that will make the difference that we would move into the cutting cutting edge space that you have for us regarding relationships that we would begin to enjoy everyone as a gift That we'd see every person that you sent into our world as someone who is great and mighty. As your gift. Sent to our world. In Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like going into connect mode, but I won't. Doing the Q&A. This... uh, Where's Bruno? Where's Bruno? Is you he, he still around, Bruno? Back. Must be. Somewhere. He's out of the back. Had a word for him. Do that later. Love is large. I love how the, the Passion Translation says love is large. I love how when you get into practical understanding of all this, you realise that I have as much room as I make in my own heart. To love people I've been on this journey of just being intense with myself for the last six months about certain um, people groups that can tend to rub me up the wrong way I'm not talking about nationalities I'm just talking about people groups I'm trying to protect the guilty and the guilty persons me right now Uh, and just kind of develop this agape love which is without preference and without performance for all people that's a challenging thing hey i don't know who your challenging people group are you know it could be any kind of deal but to see that god you know in scripture says in romans chapter 5 verse 5 that god has poured his love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit you only really get to experience that when you put yourself in the face of it it's like you don't know God is a healing God until you need healing and you're backed into the corner you've tried everything and he's got to come through for healing do you know what I'm saying you don't know that God is a provider financially until you're backed in the corner financially and he comes through and provides at the same time, you, you, you don't experience this love of God that's been shed abroad in your heart by Christ Jesus that gives you the ability to love anybody until you're faced with that challenging daughter that you've just got to love. <laughs> Friend, coworker, In whatever season it is, I think love is powerful. But love must be proactive. Rewrite the scripting of your soul because the more you prosper in your soul, the more you will prosper in your relationships. Amen. This is the end of the podcast. For more information about C3 Rockingham, please visit www.c3r.org.au or call us on 9524 5055.